Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation now. Well, Julie, it's great to be with you again today. Thank you, David. We are talking about unlocking your purpose and unleashing your full potential today. So I want to begin by asking you, how would you define purpose and what role do you believe it plays in our everyday lives? Well, you have to have a purpose to get out of bed. So if you don't have a purpose, you don't know where to go or what direction to go. And your purpose, you might not actually know it right now, but every decision you make every minute of every day defines your purpose and makes it stronger and maybe makes you, you know, helps you find it. And if you already know your purpose, then it's pretty easy, but you're still defining it um, every day. So it's what you do, why you get out of bed. So, okay, so purpose is what drives you to get out of bed in the morning. Some people, maybe I would say, get out of bed because of responsibilities. Like I've committed to this and I have to do it. Other people might get out of bed because I need to make money. Other people might get out of bed because they've got kids that are nagging at them. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Other people might get out of bed because they truly enjoy whatever it is that they do. So -hmm. would you say that purpose can be any of those things in life or would you define it a little bit more like tightly? No, it's a meaning, mean, purpose is the meaningful, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's a meaningful, justifica- meaningful justification of what you're doing every day to accomplish your goal for that day. And for some people, it might be just to accomplish surviving that day. Other people, it's accomplished being a mom that day. Other people, it's accomplished getting the rent paid. I mean, it could be any level of society, any situation, but it's your purpose for, and you know, when times are tough, your purpose is determined minute by minute. But it's your purpose for the day, for the year, for the five year, you know, it depends on where you're at. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different for everybody, depending on their season of life is what I hear you say. Oh, yeah, because your purpose could be still being developed. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to be a contractor uh, when I got out of college. I mean, it's kind of the last thing I thought about. And then I realized that's actually my reason for being put on this earth, I think, some days. (laughs) So how did that unfold for you? You said you didn't know when you were in college, but you slowly, it slowly came to you or was it a quick aha moment? Like how did that unfold? It slowly came to me, but it took a while for me to actually realize, duh, you need to take the test, get your license and do this for, for real. Because when I was in college, it was all about being an architect. And then I thought, you know, I don't want that label and be the stuffy architect and be trapped in that high end, only certain people can afford you um, level. So then I went to landscape architecture and then I got bored with the civil engineering. Then I I tested out of mechanical engineering. So I knew I was in the techie part of building things, but then I ended up with interior design, which is how humans function in the space. So that put me on this whole path of designing and working with clients commercial and then residential. But when I was in residential, because of the simple fact I'm a woman and it's construction's a man's world, I really never thought about it of uh, being the contractor because 
it was always the situation, you know, you, you're working with the client's contractor, but after 10 years of fixing their F-ups, I thought, oh my God, why am I not doing this? Because I'm doing it better than them. And you, I just didn't think of it because I'm a woman, right? So I really, you know, I just never thought of it. And uh, and then I did it and I'm like, gosh, I should have done this sooner. And it's so, and it's because it, it was second nature to me to be the contractor, but it also solved my client's problems. Yeah. Mm. And so once you got into that role as a contractor and you feel like, okay, this is, this really is my purpose. How did that feel? How did it feel differently than the previous experiences you had had? Previous, previous experiences, I was tortured and so was the client by where the heck is the contractor? What happened to my money? Why is this job not done on time? And is he ever going to show up again? So it was constant chaos. So what happened is as soon as I got the contractor's license, it was like this big, huge relief. And then my clients were happy. I was happy. It was like I solved a mystery. I solved a problem without even knowing it. And again, everyone's like, Julie, you should have, you know, I could have done this 10 years earlier, but anyway, it, it got done and it was the simplest step to take. But even I, the girl with no fear, hesitated and didn't actually do it, you know, until I tried it out for a while. But I did it and uh, it felt amazing. Like it was like, oh, my God, here I am. This is me. Now, it sounds like you kind of tried it on for a while before you actually took the step, took the a mm -hmm. test and and became a general contractor. How did the process of kind of trying it on let you overcome some of those fears and kind of get your feet wet a little bit? Like how did the trying it on help you? It helped me because I learned how to do it. And you have to stand at the city and go through the permit process because I'm still the architect and the designer. So I was at the city doing the plans anyway. But then when you go to pull the permit, that's a whole nother process. So I got to learn all that and I got to learn it really good. And uh, so then I got to see the benefits of me doing it immediately because it was quicker, swifter, and then of course, more honest, more upfront and more transparent. But I got to see all that and experience and it. So it was easy, but you know, and then, but to actually to take the test and take the leap, it was, a, it was, um it was a big deal. So mm -hmm. uh, it took me a minute. So a lot of people struggle with, discovering or uncovering their their purpose um what would you say are some steps that people could take to try to figure out what their calling is in life well if you kind of just write down what you're good at and then write down what you're not good at but then i i went to the point of analyzing my personality on the myers-briggs test and kind of finding out who i am and then it made sense of how I dealt with things or how I was dealing with things. And then I really just let myself be honest with myself that I'm better at this than I am at that. And I should really just stick with design and contracting and, you know, and get rid of because I don't like doing the paperwork um, part, even though I'm good at it. But it wore me down. But there's things that I'm I learned to um, find out where I, where I shine and and you can feel it. And if you just listen to that little voice in your head, it tells you, um, honestly, you know, so you have to take time. And that's where meditation comes in <laughs> or just taking a minute to take a pause. You know, that was going to be one of my next questions was the what are some of the roadblocks or challenges that people face when they're trying to really unleash that full potential and how can they overcome them? I heard you say, take a pause, meditate. What are some other 
maybe common roadblocks and how do you see people can overcome those in finding their purpose? Well, first of all, never listen to what anyone says. Like you shouldn't do this. You can't do that. You know, if someone's telling you something, just cut out the noise and and then stop the negative thinking. If you are negative thinking of, I can't, I won't, this will never happen. You know, you got to change the voice in your head and stop listening to the noise outside. Because once you actually identify what you want to do and what you're good at, you know, it'll also kind of happen naturally with your boss and your employer, because then you'll start to excel at what you're good at and stop doing what you're not good at. Just like if you're in a job where it's you're just banging your head against the wall every day, you should probably rethink, you know, maybe I should have done this and just it's no big deal to change your career. I mean, it's big, but it's, you know, people do it all the time, you know, it, night and day differences. Yeah, it's no big deal, but mm-hmm. it's important to do. So you say it's no big deal to make a change in your career. Mm -hmm. And yet if someone's listening and they've been doing that career for, let's say, 10 years, and now they're thinking, ah, I feel stuck. I don't, I think this other thing might be my area. What encouragement would you give them? What steps would you encourage them to take to kind of make that move? Well, you get your feet wet and maybe try a different job or maybe a part-time job or just go talk to people that are doing it. Because you probably already know that you're better at something else and maybe investigate what is, what's the path to get me to there? What would it take? Do I have to move? Do I have to get more training? Do I have to go back to school? Do I have to just, you know, improve, you know, show my skill or, you know, is, what do you have to do to get there? So if you kind of outline, you know, every time I have a growth spurt, <clears throat> it's because I outlined exactly what I need to do and I write it down and then all of a sudden, boom, I take a jump. Boom, I take a leap. But you got to identify what you need to do. And, and writing it down, It's that's my simple answer. Mm-hmm. I know even just in the last um, perhaps year or two, you've had some breakthroughs in thinking about growth in your own business and mm-hmm. leaning. I, I, would do, I would even interpret that as really leaning into your purpose even more. What mm-hmm. are some of the things that you have done to help you unlock those kind of next level potential uh, for you and your business? What are the things that you've done? Well, it's something I said earlier about identifying what I'm good at and not good at and really owning it and delegating what I'm not good at. And don't even think about trying to micromanage or do things you're not good at and really get some of the stuff away from me because I am a designer and I'm a really good contractor and I like to work and figure things out and be in the dirt, but I'm not, you know, I don't enjoy endless hours of accounting and paperwork. So I've learned to delegate things and delegate duties and I brought on more staff. So it makes, makes me, it makes me able to focus more and not have to be in there micromanaging. Cause when you're the boss, you know, you have to do everything you know, and then you get caught up doing everything because you worry, oh my God, are they going to do it right? Are they going to do it like me? So I just stopped doing that because you hire good people, you train them and and then they do, you know, their job and then you do your job. So it makes mm. it easier. Mm-hmm. Do you think that someone's purpose can change or does change over the different seasons of life, right? From 20s to 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, like, do you believe that it changes or morphs in some way? Why or why not? 
I think it morphs because sometimes you don't understand what your purpose is because you haven't been able to experience, or maybe it hasn't been put in your path. Because there's a saying that God gives you what you um, want. I mean, what you need, not what you want. So let's say you want something, but you get what you need first. And then you get what you want because you, you have to take the steps to identify what you want because it just no one's just going to give you it unless you know what it is. But there's that whole thing about you get what you need before you get what you want. So if you're a mom or you're a wife or you're, you know, you have all these other roles in life, like, like each person could have 17 different roles, you know, mom, sister, you know, wife, husband you know, you might be doing so many things and then finally your purpose comes out at the end of the journey. You know, some people start right off with the purpose and they're a nurse and that works for them forever, you know, or something like that. But other people find it later, you know, mm-hmm. it, I seems think it, develops. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like different personalities too. Like you said, oh, you found out you want to be a nurse. Maybe early on you went to college, you you know, got a degree, you got hired, you do that your whole, some people do that their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And yet then there are others who are maybe a little more entrepreneurial that like to kind of fiddle with different things. Yes. Um, and then some people just now well, they just get uh, they feel a little lost. They're just they're just doing what um, almost like what society would say: go do this job, and then they get stuck in that rut. If somebody's mm-hmm. feeling stuck in a rut and feels maybe discouraged, they're not even sure what their purpose is. What would you say to them in the midst of that discouragement? Well, it's easy to just kind of think, what do you like doing? Because some people like sitting there and working on the computer and not talking to people. They're kind of introverts. Other people like to be in sales or maybe they work in a restaurant or they're, you know, they're extroverts. So you just kind of break down what is my personality and what am I better at? So if you're at a job where you're not allowed to express yourself, you might want to think about a job where you can express yourself because that'll make you happier and fulfill you more. So you've really got to, again, it goes back to who am I? What's my personality type and what makes me happy? And list your, list your, um, list your values. What are your values? You know, what do you like doing? What makes you, your light go on? You know, what, what angers you? Don't do that. <laughs> do what you like doing. And then that should help you decide, you know, if you're actually maybe not being your the best you every day because you know what you're doing is bumming you out (laughs) Mm -hmm. you mentioned the myers-briggs um which is a personality profile that can be helpful in terms of understanding more about your personality are there any other tools or resources whether it's books or movies or videos or anything that's been helpful for you in either understanding or feeling inspired regarding your purpose well, I always go back to like, I, I've tried like life coaches where there's a person that can give you tools to identify, which they point you towards the Myers-Briggs and they point you towards how do you establish your values? Like one of the easiest ways to establish your core of values is what did you like doing when you were a kid, five years old? And why did you like doing it? And enlist the reasons why. And then all of a sudden, those are your values because because it was fun, because it was inventive, because it was creative, whatever you were doing. There's something about what you enjoyed to do as a kid is your true sense of you. Because, you know, there's there's a whole thing. So I always look to like little life coaching techniques. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So Julie, I'm thankful that you found your purpose because you're helping clients. It's so good, right? And it feels good for you. And it and it's totally helpful for the clients themselves. 
Well, that's just it because I take charge of the chicken charge. I'm known as the, you know, as, as the chicken charge because if you take a team of architects, designers, contractors, no one takes charge. They all go back and forth and kind of blame each other and wait for each other. That's why the job takes so long. So in the case of remodels, I take charge like I'm the homeowner and I do best for the homeowner. And I really found that is my purpose because I feel bad for homeowners that get kind of sidetracked by people that don't help them. They actually hurt them financially and then they spend their money or they don't do what they say they're going to do. And it bugs me. So I, I enjoy that role of taking charge and, um, you know, you know, almost empowering the client, but they don't do the work. I do the work. So I kind of empower them in a, you know, in a secondary way and get the job done. So yeah, it's fun. And it's, I just naturally do it because I want to help them. I love that. Hey, as, uh, as you're listening today and you want to get more tips and uh, stories from behind the scenes in Julie's life and work, be sure to listen to our previous episodes uh, at Julie Lawton Living. You can go to julielawtonliving.com. And of course, follow Julie on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all those great places. Wherever it is, it's your favorite platform. Julie's there. Follow her. And uh, we post behind the scenes videos throughout the week showing updates on projects that are been that are in progress and also completed. So great to be with you, Julie. Thanks, David. And enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today and we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind the scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living.